Welcome to Multiple Offers, a real estate show with competing perspectives. Today we are talking about renovating for the sale. Put that coffee down. If you're good at something, never do it for free. How'd you get the gig? Oh, you know, they were hiring. It was only a two-week course. I will sell this house today. What are you, some kind of real estate agent? Oh, he's a realtor. There is a difference somehow. This is Multiple Offers, a real estate show. All right, guys, it is episode 16. And uh, before we get back into it, welcome back, Matt. Hey, thanks, guys. Thanks for letting me back in. I wasn't sure after you gave me one off. We, we didn't burn the ship down <laughs> while you were gone. Uh, it was a little chaotic. We had nobody to check any of our facts. The soundboard crackles now in our headphones. Yeah, Jeremy broke the soundboard. Yeah, well, you transported it. These things aren't built for transportation. <laughs> our soundboard is like Ikea furniture. <laughs> no, man, it's a $30,000 piece of equipment. You don't just pick those up and move them around. <laughs> $13? We, we actually just strapped it to Jer's bike, and he rode it over to his place. <laughs> I put it in a Safeway shopping bag. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, that's it then. You shook all of the connections loose. Bring your soldering iron next week. I don't know. I missed a few things. You know what I, you know what I missed? That, like, not even just Our that faces? Wasn't, well, yeah, I mean, that was sad. <laughs> it, when, I wasn't on the show, but I also wasn't here for, for Jeremy's very sad long weekend birthday. Because Jeremy's birthday is always on the long weekend. Oh, yeah. No one ever comes. Uh, oh, you mean my, my anniversary? <laughs> yeah, that's the reason why you don't come. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Rachel and I got married on Jeremy's birthday. On the same day. One of these days. Yeah. So before I left town for my holiday, I took Jer out for lunch, bought him lunch for his birthday, wished him a happy birthday. Didn't really do a very good job of the happy birthday on the day, though. So I'm just going to put it on the radio. Happy birthday, Jer. Thanks, buddy. Happy anniversary, Jeff. <laughs> Thanks, Jer. Screw you, Matt. <laughs> now that we got that out of the way. I don't know any of your guys' anniversaries. I'm, I'm not uh, sad about that. Mine's today. Is it really? Yeah. Happy anniversary. How long have you been married, Matt? Nine years. Oh, you got, you're catching up to me. Yeah, next year matters. That's almost yeah. the, uh, the diamond uh, anniversary. The ten year. I don't know. Liz always tells me that most couples, if they either do or don't make it to 10 years, that's like the absolute like drop dead cut Tens the point of no return. Yeah. Hmm. La- last episode when we had Cole on, one of the things he talked about, Matt, was uh, kind of the point in which if you're going to change your plans with your contractor, it's like now or never. Yep. So 10 years is the now or never <laughs> marriage <laughs> test. Yeah, I think we're supposed to renew our contract after 10 years. Okay, there you yeah, go. Yeah, so we got to see if everybody's still happy, if we need to you know, make any modifications, addendums, whatever it is. But nine years, no, all you do is you just say happy anniversary and you move on, you wait one more year. You get a high five maybe? Yeah. Cool. Yeah, it's all good. All right, well, um, I'm excited to do another show here, guys, so uh, just uh, get her going. Remind me how it goes. Well, you just did, did your, your, mm-hmm. your check-in. I'm in. So what's, what's going on with you, Jerry? Matt's, Matt's officially back, so that's yeah. good. Um, they're still doing construction at my house. I got more running water. It's exciting. Nice. Um, what else happened? Did you uh, not have running water? We had hose water. They kind of jumped a connection from the neighbor's hose. To so ours, were, so you don't drink. Were you it. showering somewhere else? No, we we had we just had a low lower pressure hose water. That's why your hair. Yeah, yeah. that's why. That's why I'm wearing a hat today. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, we were. Yeah, we were getting like drinking water from like Save On refillable jugs. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> Started to get annoying after the first week. Um, but yeah, no. Other than that, what's I, there's still I've had a couple instances in the past month where um, writing offers on properties where sellers want over asking. <laughs> 
they've been on the market for for a little while um that's been kind of an interesting and there's there's thing. no multiple no and there's the demand's low because it's summertime and they're not actually underpriced but it's still going on so that was kind of a shocking thing rolling off around the place yeah and you get you get a counter back over asking you're like what what just happened i always wonder what's going through the realtor's head who gives you an over asking counter in a situation like that. damn i'm glad i took my own pictures on my cell phone like are they thinking okay I have to represent my seller. I have to pretend like I'm totally on board with this, but man, I wish I was doing anything else. It can't be anything but that. Well, it could be. <laughs> I've got a listing. Yeah. And then just kind of keep it going. But, but you, you never know what's going on behind closed doors. Maybe the seller's not listening to the advice. Yeah. Maybe the listing agent's out of touch. Who knows? It just doesn't make any sense, though, to be like, thank you for your offer. Surprise. Right. I, we want more than the asking price. Like, How could you ever see that coming? No, I know. And and especially when it's been on for a little while and there's low demand and it's definitely not the norm. Um, and the pricing strategy was, it was actually a f- kind of a fair price. It wasn't, wasn't too bad. So I guess the question is, does the realtor know that their pricing strategy or did they go in there and be like, okay, we're going to price it under here and then it's going to go over. Yeah. I have no idea what the market's doing. Or it could be the other thing. I had a couple times uh, recently where I had done done a market evaluation, but then some things got in the way and people didn't list when they originally thought. And then the market has changed since the last time. And you try to have that conversation, but it's it's hard, right, for sellers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, you hear words like they want fair market value or things like that. Um, and maybe they're like, we're going to get multiples, we're underpriced. It's just going to take some time. Yeah. We're going to wait a month for which I don't think I've ever seen happen. We're waiting um, for that two-month multiple yeah. offer. That demand just slowly increases, and we're being sarcastic here for anyone listening. But <sighs> so messed up, it's frustrating. <laughs> but it's sort of weird, weird time, huh? Well, um, so yeah, while Jeremy was having his birthday, I had my ten year anniversary, which was fun. Rach and I went to Whistler and spent way too much money <laughs> uh, at Whistler, but it was a really good time. Not hard to do. Um, kind of on the note of what we're going to talk about today with renovating for the sale. Uh, I was talking to a seller um, who's making the decision right now, do they renovate and get their home to what they want, like a big reno, or do they buy and sell? And and one of the things that I think was kind of interesting that came up was that it it really got into their lot is very small, and the reno to make it, like they're talking about like adding right. space, like an extra floor. Uh, it's a bungalow right now, but it's going to cost like $250,000 to do what they want to do. And my worry for them is that lot, I don't think can support what it's worth now. Plus 200, like you're not going to get the money back necessarily, hmm. um, which got into a conversation I hadn't had very much in the past of, of potentially over improving your house. Yeah. Rarely does it actually play out that way. I've had that conversation a few times and I've had, um, two people say like, oh no, we're just going to stay here and, and we're just going to do it ourselves and change the house to make it work for us. And one person actually did it. The other one yeah. just didn't really follow through. Um, and it's in our neighborhood here. Yeah. And it's amazing. But at the time it seemed like, I can't believe you're taking on this much. We're talking architects, major additions, huge changes and all the rest yeah. of it. But they love their location. Yeah. They love the lot, all the rest of it. And they put the money in. And now that was eight years ago. Right. And and they look at it in hindsight and they go, well, no, we absolutely love 
everything about our house and how it all is and you know the kids are so happy and all the rest of it so they didn't need to move so it it did work out because as long as you plan on staying who cares yeah i guess that's what it always comes down to when you spend big money that's a different question right like if the question is hey if i put two hundred and fifty thousand dollars into this home am i going to get it out is a very different question than hey i want to stay and i can i do the reno to make it worth staying they're 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 similar, but they are actually two different problems, right? One's an investment problem yeah. and one's a life problem. I think for some products, it makes more sense that you can be cautious of that. Like if you're looking at entry-level condos, you know, and I think this this goes for any any sort of community or area, um, you don't necessarily need to put in like solid hardwood, mm. um, you know, Italian marble or, or stone countertops. There's ways that you can cut back on, on some of those costs. But when we're pushing, you know, easily... 1.2 for an entry level house, you know, here in maybe new West. Right. Um, it's, it's either way you slice it. Yeah. It's an entry level house in this area, but it's still a lot of money and the people that are paying it. Um, I don't think there, anyone's gonna be like, Oh, that was a waste of money putting in those right. flooring if you're staying there. But if you're thinking about flipping or, or you're thinking it's time to sell and get rid of, that's a whole other conversation. Yeah. I think the other part too is the, the example you're using is they might Instead, let's say they, the option was to move to another house. Right? Mm-hmm. When we're talking detached house and trying to make everything just right and thinking sort of a, somewhat of a long-term plan with your family, rarely do you move into a detached house and it's all just the way you want it unless it's extremely expensive. So there's probably a $50,000 price tag that goes with any other house they buy sure. to meet a similar standard for what they're expecting now. So they spend two fifty there and they get it all exactly what they want, probably in a location that they're really happy with. Yeah. Or they go buy some other house that they get into with new mysteries and all the rest of it. So let me give you a little bit more context and see if it kind of changes where you're going. 4,000 square foot lot, two bedrooms, one bath. Very commercial, like the area. Mm-hmm. They are one of three houses left. Everything else is industrial or strata. Yeah, I wouldn't do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Location, I think, is what it comes down to, right? Is is when you've got a good spot, you don't want to move. But Well, and they love the location because they can walk to the SkyTrain. Like, it's it's actually really convenient. They can walk to grocery. Like it, oh, Yeah, but they'll never get that. Uh, yeah, if they plan no. on selling in the next five to ten years, they're, they're screwed. Yeah, uh, as far as do I want that money I invested back? Yeah. If they, like you said, if they just decide, hey, I love living here and I don't mind if I spend too much, yeah. that's the, okay. The land use has changed, right? Yeah. Yeah, so it's not probably not, not a good idea. Yeah. Hey, before we go into news, Jer, you had a couple questions for Cole that we didn't have time to get into last episode. Cole was our renovation guy that we had on. Yeah, Cole questions. And I did get a hold of him. Nice. Let me, this makes for excellent radio let me let me find it okay so i can do a play-by-play jeff's on his phone right now looking up his correspondence with cole okay so your questions were about uh what his thoughts were on vinyl flooring um and what it would cost to do an 800 square foot basement uh suite if you weren't weren't wanting to do a whole lot so his his first answer was, hey, I need way more information. And I kind of <laughs> I, I kind of pressed him like, look, just listeners, it would be nice for them to have some general ideas. You've so, got a vacant, you've got a, yeah. a sort of unfinished basement. Yeah. So with the caveat that... Um, this is not a quote. This is not a quote. This is just a helpful way to think about it. Um, he just did a condo job where he was doing 349 for a floating vinyl floor. 
Um, and that wasn't a super cheap one. That was that was like a, yeah. a ha- he said better quality than some. Um, and then another 60 cents per square foot for the underlay. Um, and then he said if it was a basement, he'd skip the underlay. Um, but it's good for insulation anyway if you want to put the underlay in. And uh, he said laminate can be way cheaper than the vinyl stuff. Uh, he did say uh, for moisture purposes, he likes vinyl way better than laminate. Um, and I think that's what I got. Great information. Yeah. So 349 a square foot plus 60 cents. So 420 four four thirty. 429 a square foot <laughs> let's do math on the radio anyway uh, i just thought that would be kind of interesting Sweet. for people there you go guys yeah fact matt's gonna come in there 349 plus 60 cents is uh, four dollars and nine cents math matt <laughs> matt math <laughs> okay uh are we done with uh our contributions from cole yep okay uh we're we're gonna be brief with the news today okay but before we need to finish our check-in by checking in with our little wager from episode six. Oh, am I buying Jeremy lunch? <laughs> oh no, I'm buying. Who I who who do I actually buy the lunch for? Let's play the clip. Okay, let's make a bet. How do we say condos are back? Days on market. Okay, so we're not worried about price. Just if days on market are under two weeks, average days on market seems like a reasonable by the end of July. So when the August stats come out. When the July stats come out in August. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, exactly. Um, so if that is the case, here's what I propose. I will buy your lunch. So every time we have a show meeting for a month, I'll, I'll buy lunch. If you'll switch. If they don't come back, you'll buy me lunch. I'm not really a betting man, Jeff. Ah, that, too bad. That'd be... I'll take that bet. <laughs> I mean, I'll take the bet if I can cancel at least half the shows that month. <laughs> yeah, if I, if vac- I feel like Matt's it. Matt's on vacation. Well, I'm, and I'm clever, too, because if condos come back and they're hot, then we're probably selling more stuff. Okay, so Jeremy's going to take your bet. He's going to stake you. Ah... Oh. Oh. I know the number, too. Do you? Yeah, I missed it by two days. The average days on market in a new West <laughs> condo, it's 13 days, isn't it's it? It's 13. Oh, <laughs> I was so close. <laughs> you, you know, we made that bet, like, on the spot. Yeah. And we didn't even check, like, reference of what was going on at the, at the time. Yeah. Because I said condos were coming back. So you lose the bet. I, um, but I was entirely wrong. Yeah. Yeah. I lose the bet because of how we decided to measure the bet. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Condo, condos didn't come back nearly as strong as maybe that was uh, projected. Yeah. Uh, because in May, average days on market for condos was eight. Yeah. And in June, it was 10. Yeah. And in for July, it's 13. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so uh, Jer wins the bet. Jer's getting a couple of lunches. And uh, we're going to do the news and talk a little bit more about the stats. But we're going to keep brief. I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. I got a news flash for you, Walter Cronkite. I am enlightened. Do it live! I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live! This is Multiple Offers, a real estate show.
So the news that we're going to talk about for this episode is mainly just the stats package. So every month come out. You just want to rub it in that I lost. I'm mo- I'm moving on from days on market, and we're just going to talk about the overall real estate board stats. Really, really simple. The headlines read that sales are down 33%. What that really means when we're talking about the month of July, generally speaking. Now, is that number of sales? Quantity of sales is down approximately 30% from July of last year when comparing the two different Julys. Uh, And that's for both uh, condos, townhouses, and detached houses. They're all all, all roughly approximately 30%. I still think days on market was the right one to pick for the bet, though, because the number's always going to decline going towards summer. It was the right one to pick for you to win. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Okay. I'm trying to do the news here, sorry, Jeremy. Sorry. Were you even oh listening? Remember that, remember that time that Matt wasn't around for uh, the, the podcast? It's going to be a quiz. Those we could just do all the on. math wrong. Nobody would be the wiser. Those, those are good times. You think the week. listeners aren't pulling their hair out when you say that three fifty plus sixty cents is four thirty? I I think there is a certain percentage of the listeners who really cares. Very specific percentage, and they can't handle it, Jeff. Okay, sales quantities are down thirty percent. Values are up for townhouses and condos, twelve percent. And this is Lower Mainland as a whole. Yeah, all of Real Estate Board of Greater Vancouver. Now, is this up from last month or no, from a th- year? This ago? is year over year, July twenty seventeen versus July twenty eighteen. Uh, they are up slightly from the month of June, but year over year, they're up twelve percent. And d- houses are down one and a half percent. So very uh, small sort of difference there. Um, you guys have both been around uh, in the marketplace uh, since the two thousand eight market crash, and I'm just curious. This is a sort of a side note, and I'll I'll get into a little more information here. But from your perspective, what kind of market conditions do you think we're in for? Do you think we're going to carry on with some of the aggressive increases we saw from 2015 through to 2017? Do you think we're going to go into sort of a balanced market like we were used to from 2009 to 2014? Or do you think we're into another bit of a, a falling market? For specifically for condos or no, just houses, the, just or the just market to... in general. Just if you had to generalize it two years from now and say, what was it? Was it was it balanced? Was it uh, did it do some more aggressive moves in an upward direction, or did it take a, a dramatic fall? I mean, we have a supply problem here, right? So I don't know what the magic number is, but once we hit whatever the price is that becomes the new fair market value i feel like activity will will pick up the the thing right now is there's a lot of fear in the market and there's a lot of sellers who still want yesterday's prices okay so i i think once we find find that wherever it's supposed to be Mm -hmm. um then i think activity will pick up like in in 2009 when it picked back up it it turned fast I got. A, I have a graph right here. It's great for radio. Yeah, um, that big steep line there. That's the 2009. Yeah. So, so Jeff is correct according to the graph. And that was like six months, sort of. It wasn't it like around June or so. Started to see. It was definitely my memory, and I don't have a graph like Matt. Was that it? It was like mid year. It feels like like sometime near the end of it summer. Felt short lived. Yeah. yeah. This this clip here at the top. Obviously, great radio, but that's that's July of 2009. Okay, so good, so, good memory, Jer. So the top of the peak is, is June 09. Yeah. For number of sales uh, when it really uh, came back strong. So that was when things recovered in 2009. We know the market got really nutty in 2015. 
right? Like it got, well, it got really crazy in 2016, but in 2015, that's when we started to see properties sell for a hundred thousand over asking. Do you remember the first time you saw one of those go across the hot sheet? I, I, I did it. I was the, I was the listing agent. Oh, that wasn't with Rex, was it? Oh no, you're talking. Oh, that the, one. There was the the first one I saw was with another agent in our office. His name is Rex, uh, great realtor, and he was representing the buyer. And I called him and was like, "Are you insane? What did you do? Why did you, you write a hundred grand? Like your clients are gonna hate you." Like I gave him such a hard time. Yeah, within probably ten days of that, I did one in New West on London Street for one hundred and fifty oh, thousand yeah. over asking, and I thought, like, what what is going on here? And of course, I thought I was amazing. Sure. Yeah, of course. <laughs> um, so that was in 2015. So we've seen it very aggressive since then, right? Yeah. Um, and expectations have become distorted, like you were just saying, right? Sellers want yesterday's prices. So sellers' expectations are very, very distorted. So uh, w- what I'm wondering is, is, is I think that maybe we're going back to what we are maybe more accustomed to for the five-year period from 2009 to 2014, where we got little swings up and down, but it was generally balanced. And you know, you only, only the best listings sold in the first week. Right. Right. And the rest of them typically did take time to find the right buyer. It was very normal to have a listing on for a month or two. Yes. Like that That wasn't... It didn't feel like a failure. It's amazing how quickly our, our brain adapts because yep. now people are like, wow, this listing three weeks? Whoa, this has what been on there forever. What is wrong with it? Right. So my, my last question to you here then about the news and the stats package is is how do you think inventory compared for that balanced period 2009 to 2014 how did that inventory then compare to today there's a lack of confidence for some just, bu- just 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 straight up oh no i'm just saying it's it's there's still that lack of confidence but you're not seeing a dump of inventory like you saw 2000 mid 2008 when the people started to get word oh crap it's it's you know the stuff's going to hit the fan or whatever you saw just a dump of every, everyone who was just waiting for the peak of the market sellers. Mm-hmm. Um, they just, everything got flooded. But I'm, but I'm talking balanced market. Like the regular stuff we were used to for five years, 09 to 14, that inventory was pretty steady. Yeah. How do you think it compares today? Do we have more? Do we have less? Right. So you're asking, do we have, well, okay, let's get a little bit more specific. So you're asking, do we have more inventory than in 2009 when it got hot? Well, it was, it was, it was warm. Yeah. From 09 to 14. Yeah. Pretty similar market conditions once we came out of the crash. Yeah. Right? Once we came out of it and we just bounced. It was pretty similar. It was pretty consistent from 09 to 14. All I'm saying is we kind of, we were used to how much stuff was on the market. Yeah. Do you think today there is similar more or less? So I think for this conversation to actually, like for us to actually talk about this, we need to break down houses versus townhomes. Because I... I know we still don't have a ton of inventory compared to a normal balanced market for condos and townhouses. Like those are selling at about 40-ish percent, which if the trajectory wasn't going downwards would be an amazing market. It's just that compared to 99% selling every month that we had earlier, um, so we, we've got more inventory than we had at the height of the hot market. But I, w- I would guess we have less inventory now of condos and townhouses. Houses, I I think we probably have about about the same because it that's more. I feel like that's somewhere between fifteen and twenty yeah. percent selling every month. I was just really curious to ask you guys because yeah. in my mind, I felt like during that time that was so balanced, 
um, it just seemed really steady, right? Generally speaking. And I thought our inventory today probably wasn't that much different from then. Yeah. It's just that there's a little bit of skies falling type attitude. Everything time things change because they're only comparing it to last year or the year before, which were crazy. Totally they're, distorted. They're, yeah. It's weird context to compare things to. So I wanted to go back a little bit. So I look at it and I look at this inventory and this is attached, detached, all of it, just all across greater Vancouver. Okay. And our inventory is way down. Well, give us some numbers so that the listeners can... Well, the average, if I had to take it across those five years, was probably around 17,000 units at any given time. Yeah. And for 16 and 17, 2016, 2017, we were closer to 11,000 mm-hmm. versus the 17,000 units. And then today, we're at just over 12,000. So our numbers are down, but they are they are trending upwards. We're trending upwards... In terms of number of units on sale, right? It's um, it's just really odd to me because I didn't think we were so much lower than then. Yeah, at that time, right? Like there's so much less for sale, and then also obviously our number of sales is is a lot lower. But I it, it was shocking to me to see how many fewer units are on the market. Well, my understanding too of part of why we recovered so quickly in 2009 was that. In 2008, when the rest of the world was freaking out, a lot of people just didn't sell, right? They just hung on. Correct. Yeah. Did not move. And so we ended up with a shortage of inventory, which again started driving demand, which I do wonder how that will be different now because prices of everything are so inflated. Do as many people have the ability to just hang on? I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. Well, they're not going to move if they can't afford to make the move to what they want. That's yeah. really what's going to, so it's good. It's just going to keep them there, right? So, yeah. Okay, that, that went on longer than I expected, but it, it was just a really interesting comparison to me to look at five years of steady markets and realize that the, the, the circumstances today are incredibly different, but in a way that leaves us a lot of room for growth. I, I just want to say quickly before we move on, because you took a shot at me with my amazing math skills, that I'm really proud of you for bringing a visual aid to our, our podcast discussion. <laughs> I needed it. I really needed it. I, I, wanted, I wanted to go through this because it was shocking to me, but I wanted to make sure that I, I spoke to it correctly instead of just trying to remember. Oh, yeah. And no, I'm just, uh, I'm just yeah. playing. I don't actually. All right. Well, we've gone on far too long on this. So let's go talk about uh, renovating to sell. Cool. Let's get nuts. You decide your own level of involvement. Well, I guess this is a case where we'll have to agree to disagree. I don't agree to that. Neither do I. Wrong. National debt. Wrong. Wrong. Advocate. Wrong. With that money, wrong. 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 Very nice words, but happens to be wrong. You're listening to Multiple Offers, a real estate show. Okay, so... Uh, to follow up last episode, last episode we were talking about uh, with a contractor. Now we're going to talk about doing your renovations, but specifically through the lens of for the purpose of selling. So why don't we start with things that you guys think are really worthwhile to do? Uh, Jared, do you want to start us off? I thought you were going to say last week we had a contractor and this week we're going to talk about DIY. DIY. Um, sorry, what was it? Can you repeat the question? Uh, what are you, what are your, what are your high value projects? So if you're on a limited oh, budget yes, and you want to yes. increase the value of your home right? and you can only do a few different things, 
Where right. do where do you start? What's what's the best use of your your dollars? Fix your house. Okay, excellent. I'm really really don't, high level discussion we're having. Don't uh, <laughs> I, I think there's a lot of value in in if there are repairs that you think need to be done or you know to like doing the things you've been putting off. Yeah, if, if you have really limited funds, like five thousand or like you're gonna you're borderline maxing credit cards to kind of get some stuff done. Um, I would get. And we we recommend this oftentimes to to our own clients. Um, getting the the handyman, you don't necessarily need you know a big outfit mm-hmm. like Cole or or some of these other companies out there to to do all these little odds and ends. Well, like get. Cole was talking about that lady that was paying him to put up pictures. Like that's a waste. Yeah, you don't of his his time and your dollars, right? Yeah. I mean, that's don't don't hire somebody. Yeah, who, yeah, that doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, so get getting if you know there's a bunch of things like the cabinets are fine, but one of the doors is barely hanging on. Um, just going through a coat of paint, uh, paint goes a long a long way. Paint paint was on my list of like, I I feel like almost every time you sell, like a hundred dollars in the can is worth like a thousand bucks in your pocket. I think on the wall can be a good, especially if you got some funky colors, and, um, and not even just color, like just touching up the paint. Yeah. Is well, fresh paint looks amazingly different. Yeah, it, you can put the exact same color on top. Yeah, but so you can just tell. Yeah, but a fresh coat of paint makes all the difference. I'm huge looking around surfa- my my house right yeah. now. I'm like, this paint's two years old, and I'm like, ugh. Huge amount see. of huge amount of surface area everywhere you look. You see it. Um, whereas you know flooring and things like that, you might have area rugs, things covering. It might not be the end of the world. But so, so you're saying the repairs really focus on because what we see it when we get into places where. It's that we talked about this in other episodes, like the inspection and things like that. Um, but you're going through and you're seeing all these little things do add up to someone saying like, oh, this is going to be a ton of work. And it's not actually mm-hmm. that expensive. Yeah. And and you don't live the way you sell, right? Like it's easy to kind of not see all those little things. Yeah I, yeah. I think that's a good point. Getting that's like, actually, yeah, that's to your point too. Getting maybe getting another set of eyes in there. Your realtor should be, be a part of that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, another reason to consult with a realtor before not the week yeah, I want this on the market next week, but get them in a month ahead or two to really get, uh, get a marketing plan in place, but also go through and be, and give this advice kind of some of the advice we'll go over right now. But I, I like the small things. Um, you know, maybe if you know your roofs on borrowed time or your hot water tank has a bit of a leak or things like that, I, I wouldn't say let's go and, and redo a bathroom. If you know that those things are outstanding. So that one's a good one. So hold on. Let's stay on low budget first. Okay. Right. So do you have anything, Jeff, where you would say you'd really highlight it if somebody is just looking to spend hundreds of dollars, like trying to keep it well, well, or under a few thousand even, right? Well, I, I really agree with Jeremy. I think the bear, like if you just have a tiny little bit of, of money to spend, unless there's something like a sticking out like a sore thumb, I really think paint, paint. Is, okay. makes a huge, huge difference. I don't know that I'm convinced about the hot water tank. I I think it would be great to do it, but if you're on a specifically limited budget, um, like a lot of times, I, I guess are you thinking the hot water tank has gone or is about to go? I'm thinking it's already on borrowed time and it's showing clear signs and somebody in a balanced market is going to have conditions, inspection, and going to come back and be like, we want to move into a house that we don't have a flood going, so replace the tank. You're going to do it anyways? I feel like, eight, yeah, 80% of the inspections I go to the hot water tank gets brought up as on borrowed time. And I'm, I, I don't think it's necessarily 
not worth your time to do. I just don't know that I prioritize it as high as you. I, I put it on my list. Is it hot water tank is, is yeah, high I, on your I list I put it on well? my list big time, yeah. Yeah. We say $2,000 or That's so. That's why you guys are a team. <laughs> well, I think it's because of exactly what you just said, that you know, 80% of inspections bring it up. Almost every inspection brings it up unless it is a tank that's under a year old. Yeah. Right? Like it has to be virtually new. So I I put it here on my list. I said if it's more than six years old. Yeah. Now, again, it depends on how much cash you have available. Well, th- this is what I'm thinking, right? right. In our limited budget. Be- so so if we're talking two grand and you can get a hot water tank installed for $1,200, I, I would, and you, let's say, okay, let's say, let's break it down. So you have an eight-year-old hot water tank. Yeah. And it has no warning signs that Jeremy's talking about. Yeah. It could make it to 12. Right. But the 13. inspector is going to say, hey, Ooh. these last eight to 12 years, yeah. you're on, you're you're asking for it. Yeah. And I, I feel like it becomes a real uh, psychological sort of issue for buyers. They're like, oh, that's a thing. That's a huge hazard to my house. Yeah. Like, so if I've got, if it's cost me 1200 bucks to do the hot water tank and you got two grand, I'd say do the hot water tank. Get that objection off the table because instead of it becoming a, a fear for people, it becomes a real piece of certainty instead. I, I guess the only question in my mind there is, let's say I have $2,000. I like your example. And there is 2000 bucks worth of work, like Jer's talking about, yep. to be put somewhere else. You could take the thought that, look, it's not until the inspector, like the very rarely do I think realtors say, oh man, this hot water tank is eight years old. You better be careful. It usually gets brought up at the inspection. And if you could put that $2,000 to use somewhere else, and then you've got an offer in place and worst case scenario, you're like, okay, I've got to now take 1200 bucks off the price to get this deal done. Um, I don't know if there, I feel like if there's $2,000 that needs to go somewhere else, then that's maybe something you could pay for once you've already got a deal in place. You're saying the the paint or the the pretty things around the house are going to hook them and then deal with cross that bridge later. Yeah, I hear what you're saying. Yeah, yeah I'm I'm saying yeah. do the th- if if I'm fishing, the shiny lure to catch the fish and then once you've already got the fish, then maybe you're like, yeah, okay, I'll pay for the tank, but now I've got my money secured. In in a I'm working on a very constricted budget. Very, very scenario. tight budget. I get that. It would yeah. depend, I guess, on the aesthetic of the home, like how important some of these things were. But sure. I, I really stand behind the hot water tank because my experience is if there's a home with a hot water tank, if it's a condo or a house, mm-hmm. it's one of these things that people want to look for on their first showing. Like, like they're not waiting for the inspection. They're, they're trying to be like the specialist, right? Like I'm so yeah. clever. I know how, I know what houses are yeah. and they go and they look at it and then they start looking at the serial number and they're trying to figure out exactly how old it is. And they're trying to be so clever that they yeah, figured that's it all a fair out. Point. So I, I feel like it's one of those things that they're always looking for is a sticking point. So if you can then throw that right back at them and be like, here's a receipt brand new. Mm. I think on that note, if you're going to go down the new West guys strategy of do the hot water <laughs> tank, you need to like highlight that like some like put something on the tank oh, that yeah. says installed like 100 percent. you're gonna spend that if that's your only 1200 dollars you spend you need yeah. to point out you that get you a, spend i it. agree 100 percent. yeah yep you get a pallet yeah. you rip off one of the boards kind of burn it in the wood a little bit i'm new <laughs> you hang it maybe with some hemp twine just something to really showcase it um i think other two like an important thing a caveat for you know the way that i when i'm looking to buy a property 
I want, I like buying grandpa's property that didn't hesitate to put a roof on who didn't ha- like, it might not be pretty inside, but you can tell like he changed the hot water tank at the manufacturer's like end of life cycle. He was on top of all that stuff. That's what I look for too. Right. It's so weird. Uh, while Rachel and I were in Whistler, uh, we were bored. It was so much fun to be bored and, 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 and just be able to like not have a million things to do with getting the kids to everything. Um, but we were watching Love It to List It, and I was going nuts because I hate those types of shows. Um, but the realtor in the episode told the buyer, the buyer was mad that it was so old, and he's like, this stuff is built better than a lot of the newer stuff. And Rachel looked at me and was like, is that true? And I totally agree yes, with yes you. Yes and no. Like, I would... A hundred percent rather get an older home with somebody who cared about it and and upkept it forever than something new that has just been sloshed together. Just ignored for eight years. Yeah, totally. It's amazing how much something can fall apart in eight years if you don't do maintenance. Well, and I definitely don't take as good care of my home as my grandpa does his. Yep. Like, like he, he comes over and he fixes stuff at my dad's house. Dad will come home and he's fixing stuff and he's, he's not dad's dad. So it's, it's a point. <laughs> it's, it's a, it's a thing. Uh, on that note, one of my cheaper items that I like, but only if you have room for it is again, highlighting like the receipt that the work was done is getting your ducks clean and like, like for, for what a, kind of ducks are in ducks. the, yeah. Um, typically, uh, mallards. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that was for, a duck pond joke. So furnace ducks and uh, your dryer ducks. Huh. So cleaning those and getting the furnace serviced, and again slapping that service record like right on it, highly visible yeah. date that it was done. Again to show, and and it's like maybe you haven't serviced had those ducks cleaned in five years, but when you're about to sell, do it, and then people think that you probably did it every year. Yeah, that that, that that's true, <laughs> and it's not expensive. In the grand Relatively, scheme of things. Yeah. I, I think one thing, too, that's really important is if you're working on a limited budget, whatever projects you start, finish <laughs> those projects. Why are you looking at me? Um, uh, wow, that was project. I was not even... I didn't oh. even see you. That wasn't a shot at you at all. Although, take that advice, Jer. Um, I, I showed a house last week, and there were about six different projects started, and none of them were finished. Yeah, it's no good. And my buyer said to me, well, I got to undo all this work. Like the buyer assumes that a finished project was not done well. Like all the value is in the finishing. And I I think that's really, really important to think about. If you've got things that you, you know, started three years ago and never got to, like you're hurting your value. It's negative value. I would agree. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Nobody, nobody wants to take on, even contractors don't want to take on and their professionals want to take on something that someone's done. Totally. Half, yeah, they, half don't, they don't want to finish it for them. So that's that's what I'd categorize as the um, the lower budget items. So let's move up the scale a little bit. Moving on up. What's so our budget now? 5000 <sighs> And then we'll take a big jump after that. Stay tuned. Well, we we got to talk about the negative stuff too. Okay. Well, let's 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 just let's try to keep brief then at five. I got, I got one thing if I had $5,000. Well, maybe it's more than like five. Let's go to 10. Let's go to 10. Okay. What do you got, Matt? I think once you're talking about that kind of money, if you have a bathroom that is more than 30 years old, yes, renovate. 10 grand. Yeah. I think it starts to become one of the most important items. Yeah. Bathroom, kitchens, floors. Those are, those are the big ones, right? Yeah. We're not at 50 grand yet. I don't say do them all. <laughs> oh. But if you got to pick one, but I'm saying if the bathroom is more than 30 years old, yeah. it's probably 
the most critical item do that wanna... you can do in that price band. Oh, if we go back to cheap for a second, fix your bathroom fan. People <laughs> freak out about ratty old bathroom fans. Definitely very true. Yeah, not expensive, huge a return on investment yeah. if we're talking ROI. <laughs> huge yeah, return. That $100 fan. <laughs> yeah. You're getting every penny of but, that back. But when the fan rattles, people assume mold. Like they just assume like, really? oh, this. I haven't heard that. Oh, yeah. People just think it's broken. Yeah. yeah. And which is, and they're, oh my gosh, there's a broken oh, item in the house. Because it's, it's not broken. Cir- it's not circulating right. the air. They think, oh, okay. Yeah. yeah I, could, I guess I could. Okay. Could. Good one, Jeff. So uh, you got 10 grand. What are you thinking? Well, if I got 10 grand, I'm probably going to do up my, like I said, kitchen. You, you took bathroom. So I, kitchen to me is after bathroom, probably the highest return. Does it, um, does it depend on type of property though? Do you want to identify what we're talking about? Like, cause it might, you know, I don't know, condo, maybe a well, condo. Okay. Are you going to tell me not to do bathrooms at 10 grand? Anybody? Um, once? No, I, I really agree with you. New flooring. Well, yeah. So, moldings. so there's, there's obviously a decision to be made there if you got to choose one or the other, cause flooring doesn't run cheap if you got either a decent sized condo or a house. No. And, and flooring, if you cheap out on, you really lose. Yeah, you're not getting a return on that. People are like, I just got to tear this out. It's junk. People know. People know what you did. Yeah. Yeah. And they know when you didn't level. <laughs> Jeff, will, Jeff will know. Yeah. I feel like you, you said 30. If your bathroom's 30 years old, but if you're in a 30-year-old condo and you haven't touched the bathroom, like there's probably a ton of things you need to do. Ten's not going to... It's. A, I feel like there's a slippery, slippery slope because you get like, cool, I've got you know $1.50 a foot laminate in my living room now but everything else looks like crap. So that's it why I feel like doing a bathroom gives you like w- one win. You get a quiet place to yeah. go sit. Don't go anywhere else in the house. Just sit here and hang out. Yeah. Cause it is weird too. Like when, and that's a good point is isolate the rooms first. Cause sometimes people, you see this in kitchens a lot where they've made the countertops really nice, but the cabinets are still the original cabinets. You're like, cool. I've got this sweet marble or granite or whatever countertop, but it still kind of looks like an old kitchen you know yeah or they replace new appliance package with old cabinets and counters you see that too yeah yeah which is okay but if they try to advertise it as renovated or whatever it is you know what you're trying to do is you're trying to get a win with the buyer right Right. where they can feel that something doesn't need to be done yeah that's what that's where i'm going where i feel the bathroom becomes a real sort of point because people go in the like you said kitchens bathrooms flooring people start checking boxes and they can at least say here's one room i don't have to touch that is fantastic at least i'm starting with something that's finished going back to your point about something that's finished Mm -hmm. not just like a little project but a whole room yeah good don't have to touch it that really feels like a win flooring becomes a a lot to to bite off sometimes flooring can be a huge project depending yeah. on the size if you're living yeah. there whatever if you don't yeah. have room to move stuff but around. if you've got old shag carpet or that 90s early 90s pink uh that is directed at my father um <laughs> really think about doing your floors yeah yeah that 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 one comes in big so uh 10 grand you know, it's amazing how fast you can spend it because you start picking if it's appliances or bathroom fixtures or whatever it is, that yeah. money's gone pretty quick, right? So uh, let's let's move up then. Let's push that that envelope. Now there's no no cap. What do you do? Is there enough return or do you not do work? I I think a basement suite is huge. If we're talking about a house, like an unfinished basement. Yeah, so I'm going to disagree with you on that. Okay. Yeah, so I have adding a full basement suite on my not worth it list. Interesting. What I do have is providing all of these services for a basement suite. Like roughing it in. Yeah. Hmm. Or maybe not all of them, but enough to make the buyer think it's going to be easy. 
because <laughs> like don't put in the drain for the toilet but but run like water for the kitchen sink and nope. i, I guess and it, it depends too yeah. on how how cheaply you can do it right like because yeah. i i mean i i was making the decision last year of buying a house or a townhouse yeah and i could spend with my rent uh about two hundred fifty thousand dollars more with a suite the way it was working out in the suites that i was looking at so I guess it's pretty easy math. If you can do it for cheap enough that you're going to the bump in price, the question is just, are you going to be able to? The project is always a lot harder than you think it is. Yeah. Um, it's a lot more expensive than you think it is, and it takes a lot more time than you want it to. So if you're going to be putting in a suite, it, let's say, we're, so we're recording this show in the middle of August, Yeah. and somebody says, I want to put in a basement suite, you're not moving before Christmas. Oh, I, I very much agree <laughs> with you then. If you're putting in a basement suite as an investment, this isn't a, a quick, hey, let's get my place ready to sell. I totally agree with that. Yeah, you're, you're moving in March. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Most of them aren't really set up. Like Matt was saying, toilet drains and things like yeah. that. Um, low, low drains. You've got you know solid concrete there that you yeah. need to, to figure out um, ceiling heights. So my advice to a seller is to give the illusion of making it easy yeah. and put in some, some rough-ins. Sure. To give the the buyer some now again you won't get you don't have a full suite so they they don't get the, all the rental revenue on their mortgage and all the rest of it right but yeah. if you're getting ready to sell and you're on a maybe a shorter timeline or whatever it is you will get a big return on that for a a smaller investment shorter time period I feel like the thing you could do is put in a Tesla charging station <laughs> and then um, and then you'll just get all the really high end buyers hmm. So you're saying Matt says no to sweet, but get it ready. So I guess you would say no to like laneway house and carriage house. Oh no, that's completely different. Jeremy. Oh, okay. you no, know, those go in a lot faster actually. Oh, building a whole new house. In yeah. Yeah. I think you can, if you buy a kit, it's like takes a weekend. Oh. <laughs> they're, they're inflatable. Oh. You just move, you just move the house over a couple of feet. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. Exactly. You got to figure it out. Yeah. You, okay. just, you move the house a couple feet this way, and then you just bring in your 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 friends, and you build a a garage with like a kitchen in it on a weekend. Yeah. yeah. I think it costs about like what fifteen twenty one thousand dollars. Yeah. Times, times different. 10. Totally different scale. And I mean, we haven't seen too many sell locally here to say, "Wow, that just added two hundred grand or three hundred grand." There's a lot of X factor in the laneway house. Yeah. For sure. And I don't think it's. I don't. I don't you've got experience in Vancouver. Have you seen? Um, some of the aftermath from that and, and how much extra Here's the reality of the laneway housing. So many buyers, when you start working with them are like, I want a laneway house. I want a carriage house. I want it. I want it. I want it. Then you go and look at them and you know, a lot of times people are just like, eh, this isn't kind of what I was thinking. Wow. These are small. Where's my lawn? Yeah. Oh, I really wanted a yard. A hundred percent. Well, and what I think about with somebody has a detached house and they want to add a laneway house as a source of revenue. Yeah. And obviously we're being exceptionally sarcastic earlier, but a laneway house is very expensive mm-hmm. to build because you're building a brand new structure. It's, it's not like changing a basement where you already have the concrete foundation. A concrete foundation in itself is like 60000 to to $100,000. Yeah. Depending on how big you're building it. So it's a huge investment. So you go, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to spend $300,000 to build this structure. My rental revenue is barely going to cover all the additional costs of doing it. And I have removed all of my backyard. Yeah. Like, how is, how is this a win for you? You're barely breaking even for 18 years collecting rent to pay the mortgage what you added on to it. And you gave up your yard. Yeah. Yeah. There's so. definitely a dream that's being sold right now of this, this laneway 
rules have been changed. You can do this or you can't do this. Um, you know, all you, go ahead. Oh, I just what Matt said totally made me want to come back to the basement suite where I think the suite makes sense is if you're like, I'm going to sell in like five years, like not what we're talking about today, because then you're holding on to the suite pays off for a lot of the work you did. And then it definitely sells for more when you do it. Well, then I would agree 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Don't do it to sell. I mean, it's going to attract some buyers because it's going to help like play, play the long game, the long game for sure, because you do need to, it's going to take you a couple of years in collecting rent to yeah. pay off the cost of putting that suite in. Right. But yes, long game, big return on the suite. Um, you know what else I had on my not worth it? Should we move on to not worth it now? Well, no, we're just in the expensive category, and it probably goes into your next item. So I'm just gonna I'm just gonna throw it out there, and you can disagree with me. You think I'm gonna be for this item? Yeah. Okay. Not worth it to me is uh, is kitchen renovation. Really? Yeah. Interesting. It's too expensive because it, it obviously takes a lot of cash outflow. Um, it takes too much time. It's incredibly inconvenient on people's lives. And sometimes by the time... Is this because you renovated your kitchen? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> they are... I feel like kitchen renovations are such a trap. They become so expensive. They are done to such an individualistic taste. Um, and it, I don't know. I, I find when it's done for the purpose of resale, it doesn't get the return it deserves. The The ones where I have seen it work out is when a kitchen renovation was done not with the purpose of selling, but I'm planning on living in this house for another 20 years. I'm doing this kitchen for me. And then circumstances changed and I sold three or four years later. I, I think that's true of most renovations that you tend to get better return on the stuff you do for yourself rather than just picturing it. I mean, so I find this hard. It's very tough because different kitchens and different situations. Um, when I first got into real estate, the National Associations of Realtors, which to be fair is an American uh, institution, um, did a ton of survey stuff. And their their stats basically claimed that the only two rooms in the house you could renovate and get more money out of what you put in was bathrooms and kitchens. Everywhere else you should expect to take a loss. Um, now, their cost of doing things is so much cheaper in America, too. Yeah, yeah that's true. Yeah, I, I think cost of labor really matters. Yeah, a kitchen renovation, you, you, get, you definitely increase the value of your home. Yeah. But the total cost invested and the emotional stress that goes into it and all the rest of it, mm -hmm. is it really worth it in the end? And I just don't feel that it is because it is a huge capital outlay. And the actual return you get may not be as big as you think because they be, a good kitchen renovation becomes expensive. I feel like, too, this really depends situationally on how old your kitchen is. Like a 40s kitchen that hasn't been touched, you don't have to go nuts to really add some value there. Well, I feel like if you don't do it in, in, in its entirety, you haven't done yourself any benefit. And to do a 40s kitchen entirely is expensive because it's probably shaped wrong. Walls are probably in the wrong place to do it right. Oh, I'm not talking about... Uh, yeah, I... We go back anything before this, even the 60s. It, it is tight. The, 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 the layout of that kitchen doesn't fit today's need. So it becomes really complicated. A lot of those 40s kitchens are big. I mean, they're not, they're not open concept, but a lot of them are big squares. Depends on where we're looking, right? I guess you just don't want to take on anything too complicated. I, I yeah. feel like it's just, it's not going to work out for you because you're living without a kitchen for months. 
Um, you know, again, I think there's a ton of appreciation for a kitchen that's renovated, mm-hmm. but getting to that point is incredibly difficult from a seller. And again, you start a kitchen renovation today, you're not selling your home until February. So, and, and you're talking about specifically your scenario is I am doing this for the only purpose of adding dollars for the purpose of to selling. myself. Yeah. For the purpose of selling. Yeah. I don't agree, but I see your point. I, and I, I also haven't been through the emotional turmoil <laughs> that you've been through. So I, I will concede that the, I am not considering the cost uh, to my family of putting them through a kitchen renovation. Yeah, because you take a condo and you say, okay, you got to go through this and renovate this kitchen. It's going to cost you, what, $30,000? 30K to do a condo kitchen right? Um, to meet today's standard of expectation from the buyers. And you go, so it costs you 30 grand. The value on that condo today is $600,000. You add in the kitchen, go through all the emotional stuff. The time goes by. You're in a different market now. Yeah. How much is, how much more is your home worth? And the thing is the sellers, they'll, they'll say you sit down with them and here's, you know, the say, okay, just th- your, there's been other sales in your building around 300,000 and they all of a sudden they're like, okay, well, I'm going to do some renovations and, and come back. And all of a sudden they spend 30, 40 grand and they, it's still, you know, worth around 300 or just over. And they go, but I just put this money in. It's kind of a maximum it's, value. We talked well, about this in the luxury episode, right? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Why, why don't we actually uh, use that to kind of transition? I wanted to spend a bit of time talking about where, what not to do. And I, I, I think you, you guys have kind of segued into something I really wanted to talk about. Let's hear it. So... Uh, one of my thoughts when you're renovating for the sale is to really keep in mind your budget. Really early in my career, I had uh, a buyer who we bought a home with the the purpose of flipping it. And we worked everything out. We're like, look, we don't know what the market's doing, but you're going to get this ready in two months. Boom, we're going to go. This was 2006. It was a very hot market. And we worked out the cost of everything they were going to do. And they were doing the total package. We're renovating everything, which there's something to be said about that. You get way more value when the whole thing is done um, than mm-hmm. than piece by piece. Yep. So we worked it all out. At about a month, I went to check on them. And I walked in and there were literally five different contractors in there. They had somebody painting. They had somebody doing it. And when we talked about it, when we did all our budgets, they were going to do everything themselves. Well, that's impossible in two months. Well, Jared. (laughs) (laughs) But um, this was going to become their full-time job. They were were literally, their job was going to flip the house. Okay. So... And it was was a condo, right? Not Not a big giant townhouse or a house. And the buyer was two people. The buyer was a couple. The problem is, when we go to sell, every contractor they hired is eating away from their profits big time. And they wanted to add the cost of the contractors to the price that we'd originally talked about. And we're like, no, no, the, the market is going to pay what the market's going to pay. It has nothing to do with how Doesn't much you spend. How much you spent. Yeah. I always loved that ad, you know, reading it. Oh, seller has spent $150,000 yeah. in renovations. It's like, sorry, man, I'm not giving you that money. Yeah. Like I, I, the maximum value in your condo is five fifty. Yeah. It's just, it's just all, all there is to it. Uh, so yeah, there's, there's, a- <laughs> Uh, sticking to your budget, I guess, is the, the theme of what you said there, right? Which is, is entirely true. But Well, and, and I think it's really important to factor in, like one of, one of the things Cole said, what, what, how much did he say to add to 15%. your 15%? Add 15% to your quotes that you get when you're thinking about it. Like, 
really thinking about how much you're going to spend well, your if, overall budget not necessarily the quotes but yeah the whole yeah and and i i think again what jer said earlier too like it's probably a good idea to talk to a realtor before you start a project if your only purpose is to put value in if you're doing it for your family cool yeah do it enjoy it yeah. do it the way you want it but yeah if it's if the purpose is to make money on it by selling talk to somebody who knows what's going to make you money yeah like how much will i get without this how much yeah. will i get with this and and then just do the math. And is it A, is it going to add value and B, make it easier to sell, which we haven't talked a, yeah. a lot about, but is something to think about with your projects. As and well. it's not, it's really not a black and white thing. I know people are trying to listen to that. I'm going to get these answers from these guys. Right. Um, but we look at every property on like an aspect, each property sort of basis. Yeah. Um, because you're, there could be just stuff that's going on that you're like, I need to get someone to come in yeah. and fix this. I know yeah. you want to do flooring, but this is like hugely an eyesore. Something is weird here. Um, it's, it's, it's not black and white, I guess. Yeah. You got anything else you want to add, Jared? That's either uh, totally not worth it, don't recommend it, or high Not value? specifically other than know your limitations. We live in a great time when you can do, you can research everything and, and there's so much information out there. Uh, which is awesome. We all, we want that and we want to be educated, but there's a limit. And some of the times it, it, you can watch these shows and things and, and it can make things seem a lot easier than they actually are. Yeah. It's way easier to learn how to do it than to sometimes do so, some yeah. of this stuff. Some stuff you can save money. I've seen like painting is usually something that most people can do, but then I've seen people that should never touch a paintbrush, like painted over all the light switches, just every, everything. And I like to and, think those guys probably know, right? Yeah, but that just that created damage. Like all of a sudden, it's it's yeah. like I I have to fix this, and it's it's going to be bad. Yeah, some of them don't know. Um, question for you guys: How do you feel about doing the popcorn ceiling? <laughs> um, I know some people get really hung up on them. Like I can't buy a home that has popcorn ceiling. Yeah, uh, so I know there could be a big benefit there, but the, the risk of asbestos in that. To me, oh, interesting. I'm just like, just don't touch it. Just, just, just don't touch it. I, I also, I, I'm, I fall on the. I think it's a waste of time for the purpose of selling, not because it doesn't look way better, but because people don't realize how much better. Like they walk in and they're nobody's looking at the ceiling, and being like, that is a smooth ceiling. <laughs> <laughs> like, yes, it looks way better than it did before, but I feel like they're not appreciating it. Like, there's better if it's just if you hate it, great. But for an investment purpose, yeah, I would say probably not worth that. It's a it's a big hassle. It's God, it's messy. A, it's yeah, a disgusting job. Yeah, yeah. High risk of asbestos, and uh, I agree with you too, Jeff. That you know people don't necessarily walk in and see like really visually appreciate it, right? Yeah. There's a segment, but popcorn ceiling exists in a, in an era of construction that the person who absolutely despises popcorn ceiling, they're not looking at all. They're pro- they're going to look at those, and they're just going to end up buying something smaller and newer. Right. Because that's just where their tastes go. That's where their priorities tend to land. Right. And every, we've got different people like that, right? Who yep. will, will go for shinier, newer, or they'll go for older, bigger, take some work. Um, so I've got a question that really relates to this uh, from a client. So we're going to go to move on to the question of the week, but keep it really sort of on point here. Okay. Check out the big brain on bread. How's it working out for you? What? Being clever. Who knows where thoughts come from? They just appear. You're listening to Multiple Offers, a real estate show. (laughs) 
We have a question of the week from Bonnie this week, and I thank Bonnie very much for coming up with a question that is very relevant to our topic. The question is, and and this just came up through, uh, we were just having a meeting, we're talking about exactly this, right? This is a in-person. This is a real, live, face-to-face, belly-to-belly, as the sales coaches say, (laughs) uh, talking about how to get their home ready, trying to just looking for some advice and recommendations from us, right? Okay. And... uh, should so uh, with people's homes today, they've all increased in value, right? Everybody's home is worth way more than it was three, four years ago. Correct. So if you wanted to, you could go and you could uh, get a line of credit, use your equity to have cash available to you. So that's one way of getting access to money, or maybe you just have money. But a lot of people in their condos over historically didn't have a lot of money when they were moving out. They're just, just all kind of tied up. So the question was, should I get a line of credit? Should I borrow money to do these renovations that you're telling me have a high return on investment? Ooh, how, how, how high is the return on investment? <laughs> <laughs> all, all just, just to say it's all of these things we've talked about, right? You're going through a home, you see things that are absolutely a priority. Maybe you're saying do a full bathroom renovation because this bathroom is really holding your home back and you don't have access to 10 grand right now. Should you go get the $10,000? It'll cost you $1,000 in expenses to open the line of credit, mm-hmm. right? And then, you know, you pay a little bit back, but if we're going to sell in like three, four months, and you get this money back, you know, let's say it's a $10,000 bathroom reno costs you $1,000 to set up the line of credit, another $1,000 in interest over the period of time that goes on 12 grand. Should she borrow the money? So if I was talking to Bonnie, uh, my answer would be no. And now I haven't seen the home. So I don't know how critical are these things. I guess my first question is, are these things that are going to make are these a return on investment or are these fixing things that will make it very hard to sell? Well, I think we should just keep this really generic for their listeners, okay, right? So, so anybody who's listening that says, should I go to the trouble to yeah, borrow money? So I'm, I'm going to assume that the condition of the home, it could it would still be sellable in the condition that it's in, that it's purely just That's an investment. That's a fair baseline. Yeah. So uh, I would not because I think one thing that you're fighting right now is we don't know how long the market is going to correct. And you could be borrowing money, investing money, and in that three or four months it takes you to get the home ready to sell, the market might take away a ton of your profit, but the money you borrowed is is still the value of the, the money. I, I would be very nervous about extending the timeline to sell right now with the purpose of adding value to the home. Okay. Jared, what do you, what do you think? I think if you're, if you need to borrow, if money's tight and you're borrowing 10, 10 grand, then I totally agree with you that if it's, there's just some risk there. Let's say people are listening to this episode a year or two from now yeah. because they are. Thanks for listening. Um, Thanks future listeners. <laughs> we don't know what the market conditions are, but, but let's say, cause we know if the market goes down four or five months from now, yeah. the value of the product they want to purchase has gone down as well. But now, in a let's say they're in a difficult market five months from now, they've got a better, more saleable home with this renovation done. They stand out from the crowd. So we're taking market conditions out let's, of the let's equation. Let's take market conditions out of the equation. Let's not make that such a high-risk variable in this. And you don't need to sell. If you sell, you sell. If not, you live with your reno, and it's great, and you can yeah, afford it. Yeah, you're happy that you've had a reno done. Oh, my oh. gosh. I've got three different clients in the last year. I said, you should renovate your bathroom because it'll really help sell your home. And none of them sold their home now because they're much happier. <laughs> I always give people a list of things to do, and I always put in the caveat, now you're going to fall in love with your home again. Like, don't 
don't like fall in love, fall in love with your home yeah. again. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, for me personally, I'm not a borrow money guy. Like, I, th- I think I might have my own judgment clouded by like, I'm, I'm a big fan of you need to borrow money to buy a home with a mortgage. And you guys all know that I lease my car, but those are my only two debts. I, I would, for me personally, I would rather take money that I have and invest it. Um, but, but that's more of a worldview thing than whether it is or isn't. Yeah. And and I philosophically agree with you where I'm, I'm really opposed to taking on a lot of debt. Yeah. Um, I really do see value in in particular circumstances, and and I think anybody who thinks this is something they should do should bring someone in to look at their specific home and see if it's the right idea. I think there is value in borrowing money for uh, for the purpose of selling, and maybe maybe it's not doing the whole you know secured home equity line of credit, but it's just getting a line of credit at a higher interest rate, or just getting some kind of loan for your renovation. I think there is enough return there mm-hmm. for the right project at the right t- right time. Uh, that that some people should consider it because if your home is really that rough, and let's well, and, let, and that's let's why change I was the baseline, right? What's our base? Yeah, if yes, I totally agree. If your home is just not gonna sell, and you can take ten thousand dollars, borrow it, and now it is a sellable home that has a really good shot. Um, yeah, like let's. I don't know what it is exactly, but if there's something that's actually going to be a roadblock to selling your home. What about I, this one? Because uh, we all do a lot of business on the key, right? You got one of these ones on the key that was built in the 90s. Yeah. Person bought it five, six years ago. The kitchen had been renovated. The ensuite bathroom had been renovated. But the main bathroom is still that original bathroom with all of the brass fixtures and all the rest of that stuff. And it might cost you six grand to spruce that up. And now you've got a home that checks both bathrooms and the kitchen. Should you borrow the money if you don't have access to it and your home has gone up 200 grand in value since you bought it? Fix the bathroom. Yeah. Borrow the money. Yeah. I'm that goes back to what I was talking about, about the whole project being done. Like it's a force multiplier. You're not getting the full value out of the kitchen and the bathroom that's done because of that old bathroom. Like people, don't yeah. see the oh this whole place is shiny and new, yeah uh, yeah totally I in, okay and let's yeah. reverse it the whole place is original nineties brass fittings and poles everywhere and should you spend six grand to renovate just that main bathroom that's off the kitchen no it's no. a time capsule <laughs> <laughs> no be, because if you're not going to do the rest of the place I think we, we talked about roadblocks to sell you have a way better chance at getting somebody who's like, oh, I can put my stamp on everything. Like, I, f- I feel like those original condos, they'll totally, like, there are people looking for original condos that they can really do something with. And you're not going to get one bathroom when nothing else is renovated. You, I don't know. I don't think you're going to get huge. So what I'm hearing is, yeah, people need to call in an expert. <laughs> I feel like Matt laid, laid a trap. Mm. <laughs> I'm going to answer your question with no answer. It, it's amazing how me. how different your your perspectives were when I changed the line of questioning slightly with context of the property, right? Yep. A little bit of this this way, that way. Should I borrow money? Absolutely not. Absolutely, you should. You know, it's amazing how dramatically that changes. So, for our listeners, I think it's really important to hear that because they, they understand that every home is unique, like Jeremy was saying. Context right? matters. Yeah. So, yeah. and and we bring that through our experiences we have every day 
understanding what the consumer does and does not put value in. And sometimes it's not exactly what you expect or you would you would think to expect. Well, and, right? and that that's a good point too. Like it, if, if you're bringing a realtor in, a lot of times somebody will send you an email and be like, this is my home. And you're like, hey, I should really come in and look at your home and then I can give you better advice. And sometimes people are like, no, 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 you've got my list of things. Just do it. Yeah, just tell me what yeah. my home's worth. Like, I need to see your home. And you are 100% going to get way better advice from a realtor who's actually walked through your door and seen your home than who's just read a list of improvements you've made. Oh, yeah. I took a list of improvements one and got that price wrong by about $200,000. Yeah. And I'd be very nervous about a realtor who doesn't want to see it. Yeah. Yeah. The one, my situation was it was tenanted. He said, you can't go in. Oh. So this is the situation. So just kind of give me a number. And then a, a year later, he brings me in and I'm like, you, okay, okay. You said you renovated your, your, both your bathrooms and your kitchen. You didn't tell me that this bathroom is three feet by four feet and that your kitchen is five feet by six and a half feet. Mm. <laughs> you said it was small. Yeah, our small reno- kitchen it was renovated in the 90s huh. <laughs> like lots of little details there yeah well, that was a good question thank you very much bonnie thanks bonnie thank you uh we were gonna do a matt story today but i think we've we've run out of time what? matt yeah sorry about that matt oh we're gonna, we're gonna have to cut you off your news segment went too long yeah you talked too much last episode <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, hey, hope this has been helpful. And if anybody has more follow-up questions for us, we will definitely address them in future episodes. Yeah. So feedback channels are, Jeff. Uh, you can send your questions to feedback at morealestateshow.com. Uh, we really appreciate any any thoughts and we're looking for more questions. Uh, if you want to get a hold of Matt or Jeremy, you can find them at the real estate guy. No, New West Guys. TheNewWestGuys.com. NewWestGuys.com. And you can uh, find me at uh, RealEstateNewWest.com. I think I said that backwards last episode. Um, I totally got... <laughs> that's some, that's got, someone else's site. Yeah, I, I got US my, my website wrong. Well, good news for you is it's in the show notes. Yeah. So, um, and yeah, if, if you guys are enjoying this, uh, please leave us a five-star review on iTunes. Uh, that really helps us get out to more people. We have a, J- J- a Japanese listener. There's somebody who is consistently listening to our, our show in Japan. That's exciting. It's really exciting. I love Japanese people. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I think that's going to wrap it up for today. Thank you guys very much.